This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you know, here at The Coffee Breakup with Marvin and myself, we take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to therapy. It can be awkward, but the beauty of our sponsorship now with BetterHelp is the accessibility that you get literally over your phone or on the computer, however it is that you need to communicate with someone at BetterHelp to get that therapy that you need. So without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. If you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress, whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Coffee Breakup listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Coffee Breakup. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash The Coffee Breakup. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recording. Yeah. Welcome What's, back. What's up, everybody? We are coming to you virtually. I know. This uh, is virtual. First time. This is a very special. Episode. Well, we've had some alone, but with a guest. This yeah. is this is a coffee break of first. This is a exclusive. I'm this good at popping deal. cherries, so this is fine. <laughs> this is there fine. we go. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> we have Sherry Deville. We have Sherry. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> You're very welcome. I'm excited uh, to be here. Uh, we're super excited. What is the background? What is is that like a you have like a like a screen in the oh, back? Oh no, I put like a bunch of stickers on my wall and it kind of makes like a wallpaper. I have all oh kinds my God, of that's like, so sick. That like stuff sick, all over the place. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's like your little <laughs> office or uh just my dining room. I'm just sitting at my dining room. Table. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, first time we've done a virtual call because you're we're based in Miami. We have reached out to you a couple months ago, wanted mm-hmm. to kind of make this happen, but obviously you haven't been to Miami in a little bit, so figured you know let's do this. Let's do this virtually. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, our friends at Riverside. Yeah, the power of Riverside. So, um, just for people who might not know, might not know you, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? What is it you yeah. do? Wow. So. I am Shri Bell. I am a sex worker. I'm a journalist. I'm a sex worker advocate. I'm a physical therapist, oh. all around slutty lady. <laughs> 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 to sum it up, yeah, that's me. That, that's also. I didn't know. Okay, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the. I guess half the stuff I didn't really know. But. <laughs> um now didn't know the know. other half. That's why we're interviewing. <laughs> yeah, Learn yeah. it all. Yeah. So so tell us about. Obviously, are you still in the sex? work community or yeah yeah I still I still shoot at least 12 scenes for my own websites every month I shoot a few times a month for the company I'm contracted with which is Brazzers um uh, after the pandemic I used to feature dance a lot I stopped that after the pandemic um I'm also I write for Rolling Stone and the Daily Beast usually on uh sex work topics legislation that affects sex workers stuff like that okay yeah. that's awesome yeah. look at you that's amazing actually. <laughs> you're doing like everything what is, yeah what don't you do 
What don't you do? I just started a YouTube channel. I don't know. I'm trying to do it all. <laughs> no way. Oh my God. It's amazing. So, so if I may ask, how did you get into into sex work or and when was that yeah what's your story into it yeah so i have been doing sex work for about 12 13 years now and okay. originally i never thought that i would i never had anything against porn or pornography but i like wouldn't have known how you got that job if that makes sense okay. like how does one become a pornographer i wouldn't have known um but so I was a physical therapist working full time, had been working for many years. Uh, I graduated in 2001. Okay. So when I was about 30, 31, 32, I started getting a little bored with my nine to five, but had no, no desire to quit. I, I, I didn't honestly wouldn't even have had the confidence to quit. I had been on this path my whole life, get good grades, go to a good college, graduate, you know, I have multiple degrees. So that was, that was my path. Um, but I started doing a little bit of nude modeling, partly for spending money, partly because it just was so, it seemed wild. It seemed intriguing. It seemed different, uh, maybe. It seemed different. Just mm. being an artist to me, you know, of any kind, I've always really found all types of artists inspiring people who work for themselves inspiring. So I was just doing that as a little side hustle, something that I thought was fun and made a little bit of extra money. Um, so I had my little modeling resume out on a few sites and my current agent, Sandra at OC modeling, or I think actually probably one of her headhunters found me on the site. And she was like, do you want to come to Los Angeles and shoot porn? And I'm like, me <laughs> what like oh my god yeah, you know it just maybe? seemed like crazy like just fucking crazy like all i knew about porn i mean i'd seen porn but like in terms of like what porn might be like i was like boogie nights like i had no reference oh my goodness you know what I mean? I'm like i'm like what is this crazy world like out in la like shooting the porn and i was like but you know what i'm gonna even even though I, I do not think this is going to be my career, I'm happy with my career, I cannot say no to this. I really? cannot look back when I'm 90 and be like, I could have shot porn, but I was scared. Like, <laughs> no, no, I want to be Nana shot. Like, even if I shot just those like five little videos that I was signed up for, I want to like hold up that DVD and be like, Nana was a bad bitch. Like, no. that's that's what I wanted for myself. No, like, right? Like, I didn't think it was going to be a career. I wouldn't have known, you know, how to even be successful, but I just wanted like to have in my hot little hands, like, a porn that I was in. That's fucking wild to me. Yeah, it's really like an wild. actual, like, for, like, yeah, for like a real company. Yeah, legit. Yeah, yeah, because this is way before. I mean, I'm sure people have been doing stuff for whoever knows how long, but this was way before everyone was shooting their own stuff. This is when yeah, there course, was like 200 pornographers, period, and we were all shooting for like, you know, Wicked, Penthouse, Brazzers, Digital mm -hmm. Playground. Like, you know, it was just like, those companies and evil angel, all that. So I went and I shot my scenes and I fucking loved it. I was like, Oh my God, really? this is, this is amazing. I love the people. I love being on set. I love feeling glamorous. Like I'd never had professional makeup and hair before all of that. I was like, this is, 
awesome. You know, crazy plastic shoes, amazing outfits. I was like, this is just crazy and awesome. So I was like, just for fun, like every few months, maybe I'll go back and shoot a few scenes. And so I was doing that for years. I would just like every few months I'd be like, Sandra, I'd like to come shoot some porn. And then I'd go to LA (laughs) for like a week and then I'd go home and just live my life. Totally normally live my life. But then I was like going to LA more. And then I was going to LA like once a month. And then I was like in LA for like two weeks out of every month. And I'm like, look, you're doing this. Like people are booking you when you want to get booked. All the top companies are hiring you. Like you're like, you're not just like, yes, it's fun, but like, you're not just doing this as like a throwaway. Like this is, this is working out. Like, don't you want to see where this could go? So I moved to LA, like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, somewhere in there. And yeah, just went full throttle taking, I was still working physical therapy a couple days a week at that time. Um, but the rest of my time I was booking, you know, adult film work and yeah, the rest is history. I guess it worked out really well for me. That's, That's insane. But, but, it's crazy. but you weren't scared of like the, the new changes, like what you maybe your family, your friends oh, or so any, any slight regret, maybe the first time that you're like, oh, before, maybe I I, before I shot my first scene, I contacted a lawyer to make sure I couldn't lose my physical therapy license. I told my parents, I told my close friends. And I'm not saying everyone was like, yay, let's have a party. But like, I mean, I was in my thirties. No one was. No one was losing their mind over this, you know, new venture. They're just like, I don't know, be safe. Seems weird. Like, but but, but no one was like, not on my watch. Like, True. no one was doing you were like anything an adult, like that. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you were. An adult. But yeah, I I didn't want anyone to like come upon it by accident and have. I mean, of course, plenty of people did, but I'm talking about like my close circle. I didn't want anyone that I like loved. To be surprised by this adventure, yeah. Man, that's that's a big step. I've, we've we've yeah. you know we've had a couple of uh, of people who are in the industry. We've had them on the show, and they usually start off a lot younger. You know, like when they're eighteen, yeah. nineteen, twenty years old. And well, so, definitely. I mean, honestly, if it weren't for, I mean, like like that old school Mrs. Robinson, MILF coined by American Pie, if it weren't for that cultural shift around that time, I mean, a woman, even when I started at like 31, would have been way too old. Oh, I see. Way too old. So the moment I started porn, I'd say at least 50% of my roles were, you know, milf hot mom next door Mm, my best friend's mom you know the secretary uh, like roles that like a full-ass adult would a doctor you know an adult role yeah 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 yeah. i was never no one i was no one's putting me in a schoolgirl skirt like no one's giving me (laughs) pom-poms you know what i mean that's not that was never (laughs) man that's that's uh that sounds like quite the journey i mean for you and it's like you seem to like obviously still you're very involved when i Mm -hmm. watched the documentary you were speaking very very well of it and there's a lot of people who might think of it of the whole you know industry as like a negative thing but you seem to really like support it and yeah and not only that advocate for it as well Mm -hmm. right you said a little bit about that can you talk about that too like what 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 is it that you're doing when it comes to you know advocating for it well i'm mostly i would say that i'm trying to 
get sex worker voices out into the mainstream in a non-sexual capacity, honestly, simply to humanize us. Because as I'm sure you're aware, as I was aware, even before I started porn, there's a pretty significant social stigma against yeah. pornographers. And a lot of people make a lot of assumptions, like a lot of the assumptions about uh, the porn industry, the people in porn, um, the ethics of porn are really forwarded by people who are kind of dealing with their own sexual shame. And I think it might be a lot easier to demonize us or say we're dumb or we're uneducated or we do drugs or whatever it is people say, because it makes us a lot less threatening, right? I think True. it's a lot less threatening to be like those poor sex traffic drug addled ladies than it is yeah. to be like these women with advanced degrees with multiple uh, job opportunities are choosing this as their career because it's an amazing business, because it provides autonomy, because it provides financial benefits, because it's a beautiful way to express our sexuality. That I think is a lot more intimidating to a lot of people than just saying, oh, woe is me. Um, because I think a lot of people wish that our industry didn't exist. And so if you're going to try and get rid of us, which people are legally trying to get rid of us, remove us from the internet, make what we do illegal, which would remove all of our safety, safeties and protections. Sure. Um, you know, those people don't want to think that it's a super legitimate profession with very intelligent, competent people at the helm, right? Well, because the way, because I'm thinking is when you started and even before, it must have been so much harder. Like now, you know, things are more accepted and you have mm -hmm. your own ways of monetizing. You have control as a content creator or as a, as a mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a person who does these things. But back then, do you feel like it was a lot harder because we had those big name brands, but they kind of had all the control? Like, I guess, how, do, how was that? How was that atmosphere at the time? I've been in porn a little over 12 years and the landscape is always changing. How sure. we make our money, at least as talent, has changed so many times. You're right. Like when I first started, most people were predominantly making their money from working for other people's businesses. And then once you built your brand, you could start your own dot com and then that could be uh, your main yeah. source of income. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. for me, that's kind of how I came up, working for other people, having my own .com, then clip stores and tube sites started. So I started making money off of those places. Then, you know, more fan interaction began with like OnlyFans, Fansly, all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, there's a lot more ways mm -hmm. for people to make, or a lot more variety of ways for people to make money. But I think, um, you know, it's still, it's still just as for better or worse, it's still just as competitive. It's just like, you guys have a successful podcast. How many people do you know that would like to have a podcast? That, tr that, try, that try to have a podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. That right? Is true. So it's the same for any kind of actor, any kind of creator, artist, podcaster. Lots of people want to do it. Lots of people might dip their toes into it, but there's still only you know, however many truly successful people, at least if you use finances as a measure of success. And for sure, for sure. Because I've, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, you know, I've heard is that there's so much competition, but only the mm. very, very few actually make a good living. 
you can you attest right. to that or absolutely it's probably more competition now because there's just so much talent mm-hmm. out there now right mm-hmm. i guess back then it almost felt like you it was like an elite group it seemed like right. at least how you're making it seem right well right? i mean back then if you didn't live in los angeles maybe a little bit las vegas budapest prague london you probably weren't working in the adult industry. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you weren't shooting movies, but you weren't, you know, working for the top companies. Ah, So all the talent from around the world kind of had to move to one of those areas to become successful. Now you can, you know, be a housewife in Wyoming, start an OnlyFans. And if you have a reasonable amount of marketing savvy, you could make a name for yourself. Yeah. And and, um, you were also a part of a documentary of mm-hmm. uh called what money shot was it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um that one was kind of talking about a little bit because you had said how on on tube sites you know and i think mm-hmm. that one was about uh, uh pornhub pornhub right? yeah yeah and um i guess back then it was a little bit of a free-for-all where anything was kind of going down where yeah really kind of dangerous to a lot of people especially well, I mean, for creators like it, yourself it was terrible i mean and that's just the internet at large like i'm not sure how old you guys are I'm about to be 45. So I remember when Napster came out and all the kids were stealing music and, you know, (laughs) right. And then all the different websites where you can start stealing mainstream movies. And then we started having tube sites for adult content. You know, the internet uh, was a bit of a black hole for stuff like that. There was all kinds of, well, there still is all kinds of inappropriate and stolen content all over the internet worldwide. So like, like Pornhub's origin story, it's been bought and sold so many times, even in my small tenure, but so it's, it's, it kept the same name, but it's a different company now than it was before. Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, no one that started, it works there, right? That's those, that's forever ago. Um, so basically they were a tube site like every other tube site. And the only content they had was user uploaded content, most of which was stolen from other people's sites. So just like the music industry, a lot of the porn companies were starting to tank because if you put out a movie on Tuesday and by Tuesday at three o'clock, it's on the internet for free, you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, remember how many musicians came out against Napster? It still changed the game in music sales, just like other tube sites change the game in pornographic sales. And when you're talking about someone stealing Motley Crue and putting it out for free, it's very different than someone stealing pornographic content and putting it out for free because you've taken something from behind a paywall that young people can't access and you've put it out on the internet for free where young people can access it. So full nightmare. You know, yeah. just just a full nightmare, never mind the fact that if anyone can upload anything they want onto the Internet, which is still the case today, by the way, not with Pornhub, but Pornhub, you know, has people scrubbing the content, make sure that there isn't bad stuff out there to the best of their ability. Um, but like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Reddit are riddled with terrifying, illegal Horrifying images, people actually dying, people actually getting raped, non-consensual sex, underage people. So, I mean, the internet is a a huge issue. You know, we've all talked about it before. Section 230 allows user... so, So basically a platform like Facebook can't be sued if I upload me killing someone onto it. 
right? Okay. Right, that's right. that's section 230. It's my fault for uploading illegal content and the right. platform can't be sued. But since mm. right. So so what happens when that rule is made? It puts the impetus of protection onto websites, but when you have the entire world uploading onto these websites, I don't care how many humans you have scrubbing shit, stuff is going to make it through the cracks. Absolutely. And now sure. we're just talking about countries that give a shit. You have to realize that there are websites <laughs> hosted in countries that don't give any shits. Yeah, that's what, true. What gets uploaded. So that movie touched on this tiny little piece of the puzzle, which is Pornhub and its rules and that aspect of the adult community. But if we're talking about terrible imagery and unsafe content, we as a community, and I don't mean the United States, but the world, need to make some decisions on how we're going to keep inappropriate information away from the people who shouldn't be seeing it, because it doesn't matter what the United States does. It doesn't matter what rules the United States has, right? I can get a VPN in 10 true, seconds true, true, true. Look at anything, anywhere. This is the internet. So a lot of the bullshit laws that these people in the religious right are coming up with, they know they're either egregiously stupid. I don't think they are. I think they're very smart. They are making rules that are not going to protect children, right? They're not. They're, they're not. They're just, that's not possible because, again, VPNs, everything else. What they can do is eliminate legal, safe pornography. What they can do is if they make enough rules to put us out of business, right? Pornography will never disappear. No, of course not. Yeah. Legal pornography might disappear. So what does that mean? That would mean that all of the pornographic content on the internet is inherently not ethical. <laughs> and you as a consumer would never be able to consume safe ethical content. So let me ask you this. And if, if, Crazy. if, if I may, do mm -hmm. you feel that um, Pornhub has done everything it can to the, to the best of their ability to kind of create a safer space? I know they yeah. have, you know, verified verified uploads only mm -hmm. and know, I know they have content moderation, but mm -hmm. they, the hundreds of thousands of videos get uploaded every day to those these sites. Can they even, can they do more? Are they doing enough? So, so what yeah. I'll say is even one piece of illegal content is too many pieces. Of course, of course. Even one piece is too many. But what I will say is that I think like if Facebook has a hundred thousand terrible pieces every day of illegal content, Pornhub will have one. So when they make a list of websites with the most, say, child porn on it, because that's the most egregious in most people's opinion, that's yeah. the most horrible. Uh, adult sites are so far down on that list that they're not even on the list, right? So the fact that they're going after us for that type of content is very telling. If you hated child pornography, wouldn't you start with the top one? The top five, the top 10, the top 50, the top 100 worst yeah. offenders. Why aren't they? Because that's not their goal. That's not their goal. Their goal is to get rid of us by gaslighting the public to think that we like putting out child pornography, which we don't. Of course you can't monetize. Even if you took ethics out of the equation, which we aren't because we're ethical people. But even if you did, you can't monetize it. It's terribly illegal. Like, 
even if you took every accidental ad dollar that every porn company has accidentally gotten from every egregious piece of content, it would be like $3. They make billions of dollars a year on legal content. We don't want it. We don't need it. It doesn't help our bank accounts. It does nothing but damage us in the public opinion. This isn't valuable content to us in any way. It puts us in danger. Well, that's what I was thinking when I was watching the show. I was like, dude, they're, yeah. they're making so much money. They're getting so many views. I think Pornhub is number one top 10 sites visited. Top every five. Year. Top five. So it's like to to jeopardize all of that for, for a couple of illegal videos. For pennies. Yeah. To on, jeopardize a billion dollar empire of legal content for pennies is something it, no it makes, yeah. corporation would do. It doesn't make sense. It yeah, yeah, for sure. Make yeah. Sense. The only, well, I think the the apparent problem is essentially what you're saying. It's just it's more of an internet problem than it is a as a porno problem. For where, and yeah, it's of a course huge they problem. That. Of you course, know, of and course. I know that privacy is of the utmost importance, especially for American citizens. That's extremely important. But you know, since the '90s, we've had the internet and. If we want to protect our children, which I think everyone should want to do, even if they don't have children, I don't have children, but if we don't protect our children, we're all in trouble as a, as a country, as a world. Um, I think, and I'm not a tech person, but without some sort of device-based identity and device-based age recognition, the internet can't be a safe space because... We can just get a VPN. You can just grab your mom's driver's license and type in that number and lie. And all of those are just security breaches and identity breaches. And like, you're so you're telling me all of a sudden the state of Utah is collecting everybody's driver's license number, knows exactly what porn they're watching, and is totally in the one week it took them to develop this technology, keeping it completely safe from hackers. Bitch, please. No. I'm I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you touched up about the about Utah yeah. uh, with what happened versus in terms of like you want to log into a porn website and you have to provide your ID and then go through these steps. And it's like, doesn't that feel like intru- some sort of identity phishing scam? That's so intrusive. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, I'm, you know, you got to, you're consenting, although you want to watch porn and I got to pull up my wallet, type in my ID. Da, da, da. You don't know where this stuff ends up. You know, these companies get hacked every single day. I, so. What I do know is that in today's day and age, one of the most valuable forms of currency is eyeballs. It's email lists. It's people, Mm. right? Information. So it's very interesting to me that they're using adult websites where everybody goes to collect personal information. I wonder what else that could be for because they know it's not keeping children safe because everyone can get a VPN, right? And even an adult with any savvy would use a VPN before they enter their driver's license. So what are they doing? And how long did they take to keep whatever portal is holding those things safe? What are they yeah, doing with that information? Like, it's, I, I guarantee it's, it's crazy there's more to this story check, you know, because doesn't really it can't be for anybody. children's safety so because it isn't keeping children safe. Children it isn't safe. keeping children safe. 
right, there's but so it, many other ways where just, kids are dying in this country. But like yeah. that porn is your, your the forefront of your your right. efforts. Like my titties are more dangerous than like an AK-47. Okay, girls. Yeah, it okay, sounds like ladies. more like like yeah. low, low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're getting they're going after low hanging fruit. Fruit. It's like that's so much easier to target and to address and yeah. to almost cast blame when there's so many other things. Just like you're saying that yeah. should probably take more more president. Exactly. Right. And to and case. to me, you know, I know our country would disagree, but to me, violent imagery is more dangerous and sure. horrifying than sexual imagery. Sex is something I hope everybody will get to experience in their life. It's beautiful. It's a biological need. It's the way that we reproduce. Violence, however, is something I hope nobody has to experience in their life. It's terrible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, they're, so I guess what happened now is that Pornhub they pulled the plug on on Utah. You cannot yeah, access it. So now at all, I think they <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like in the, in the entire a state. PSA. But people, I gave a little PSA. Yeah, um, like, and every time they try, anytime anyone from Utah tries to access Pornhub, I pop up and I'm like, "Bitch, call your representative." <laughs> like this isn't the way. It's not that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's basically saying this isn't keeping anybody safe. Here are some ways you could keep people safe. Please contact your representative because they're bamboozling you. They're lying to you. So the article I read earlier today was that uh, right after this this uh, this law went into effect and they pulled the plug, um, the search for VPNs went up like a thousand percent. I know. You know, I should have so partnered with a VPN and gotten like an affiliate code because I think that would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, but like, I also didn't want to because like I, I genuinely do not want children watching my porn and I'm not trying to encourage any workarounds in that way. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, I can appreciate that. Yeah. But it was, I, it was funny. It was a funny thought. <laughs> I like that. Do you feel like, this could be the beginning for like Utah could be the the first step out of yes. many to kind of expand to that. Yes. In fact, uh, Texas is now, they either already did it or they're about to mandate every time you log on to an adult site, the adult site, you know how cigarette packages have like warnings on them? A disclaimer, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So there's going to be a warning and unfortunately, that warning is like this really weird, like pseudoscience. Like there are plenty of legitimate journal articles we've studied, sex, sexuality, porn, porn consumption, masturbation, all of that stuff, you know, just in case it had addictive qualities, effects on the brain, effects on your dopamine, effects on your nervous system, all that stuff. And if you read any actual peer-reviewed article in any actual reputable uh, journal that's gone through any of these issues, they've proven it's absolute hogwash, right? So, so that's, uh, you know, true. However, the state of Texas is having us put up this pseudoscience PSA about the harms of watching porn, which there aren't any scientifically. So one, they're getting their information from bullshit scientists, which is so easy to vet. I can't even understand how they believe it. Like critical thinking, anybody. It would almost be like, you know how like in Victorian times, they're like, don't masturbate. You'll go blind and get hairy palms. It's oh literally God. that. It's that for 2022. Like it's that stupid. And every adult site's going to have to do it. But don't you think that 
But there's some people that say, and we've had people on, psychologists and stuff like that in the past too, where they make the argument that watching a lot of porn or too much porn can actually desensitize a lot of men, you know, mm-hmm. because they get aroused. For, the only way they can get aroused to watch stuff on the internet. And, and it's like, now this doesn't cut it anymore. Now I need this, now I need that. That a lot of times they don't even want sex with their with the people in, in their life. Or or the sex that they're seeing mm-hmm. in, you know, on, on porn and in any website or whatever. It almost oh, feels like... Out. Not that it's unrealistic, but it's, I guess it's not the type of sex that most, I guess, couples more, they're more like having vanilla. Yeah, yeah, we probably. Sorry, sorry. Cut out just for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so most couples, like, I guess in real life, they're probably Mm going to have sex that's a little more vanilla than Mm -hmm. what they would see uh, Mm -hmm. in in porn. So if anyone's watching porn and maybe they're saying like, wow, man, this got me off. But then they wait until they see the next video and they're like, wow. Or they they just keep on looking until they find the the video that they like. Yeah. You know, when they're with their partner, are they even going to be able to get it up? And I, I think we had a urologist who said that that's kind of one of the causes of why men are having erectile dysfunction because they're just not getting the same pleasure as what they're getting from when they see porn. I think that if you look, you're going to find a lot more credible researchers that are publishing in top, credible, peer reviewed journals that feel the opposite. And I understand that there are a lot of professionals pushing that rhetoric. um, But those are not the findings that people in at least the top journals that I'm looking at are, are finding, you know what I mean? And I feel like that type of commentary has been going around for all of time. It was don't masturbate or you'll go blind. Don't masturbate or you'll have hairy palms. Women shouldn't masturbate or they'll become sterile. Women shouldn't masturbate or they'll become hysterical. You know what I mean? There's all these, and there was plenty of doctors, doctors saying that stuff too. But I think that's more of a societal problem, right? I think people want to find something wrong with that. I think that you will find that dietary issues, weight issues, cholesterol issues, medication issues, stress issues are all very, very real things that are newer, just like online porn that have been linked to erectile dysfunction, overuse of Viagra, overuse of Cialis, injectable drugs, and stuff like that. Now, what I will say is I can see, although I have no research to back this up, that just in terms of stimulation watching videos, you might want to continually watch different videos or, you know, find a fetish that you didn't know existed and discover that that's something that you really enjoy. I can definitely see that happening where we have access to stuff that we might not have had access to in our lives. Now you're seeing bondage for the first time. Your partner maybe wasn't interested in bondage. So you could have spent your 80 years on this planet without ever experiencing that. But now you have Pornhub and you see, oh my gosh, I love bondage or I love armpits or I love feet or I love, (laughs) I don't know, whatever you love and you would have never known. And now you're in a rabbit hole of discovery. I definitely can see that. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. It was, sorry, really yeah. quick. I can see because um, I also feel like I've heard from other places. I don't know if it's articles or videos or just other professionals that they say that in a relationship, porn can actually help spice up the relationship to your point of everything that you're saying. I mean, you're, yeah. you, you, you have an exploratory conversation with your partner and it's almost like you're here discovering all these new kinks that maybe you never thought 
one right. would in, like in because they never were exposed. True, right. right? True, true. You know, maybe maybe one partner says, I am really interested in group sex. And the other partner says, I will never have group sex. Well, and I'm monogamous. Say you're monogamous. There's no room for group sex without your partner. So you can either be a little bit sad your whole life, or maybe your partner <laughs> will let you watch a porn that involves group sex. And while you're only having sex with your monogamous partner, now you have this like added fantasy component because you have this visual stimulus of this porn and now everyone's happy. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you feel like, um, oh, that's a, what sort of questions? One of them that I was going <laughs> to, do you think, because there are some people that claim that they you can become addicted to watching porn. Do you mm-hmm. believe in that notion? Because it doesn't sound you feel like it's well. How like do you define addiction? Because to me, I it? define <laughs> right. Like, can, yes, yeah. I would define addiction as an actual chemical addiction, like one would have to a drug, like heroin, methamphetamines, alcohol. You know where. If you stop doing said thing, there will be serious physical symptoms. You are physically like if you stop taking alcohol as an alcoholic, you will go through a serious detox. You'll probably be hospitalized for a time. The same with lots of other drugs. I think there are a few drugs that don't seem to have addictive properties. Um, So to me, that's addiction. Yeah. Um, Clinical addiction. Right. And actual addiction. Some people would even argue that. Some forms of processed sugar can create dopamine level addictions. Um, But to me, addiction is truly addiction. Now, I really, really like Legos. I would be (laughs) really, really sad if somebody told me I could never build anymore. I might sneak around. I might build behind someone's back. I might think about it a lot. But like, I'm not like physically, actually addicted to my Legos or my, oh my PlayStation, God. or my, my Nintendo Lego. Switch. Yeah, exactly. Like, do, do, do you see the difference? Yeah, no, there? I, I, I like, get what you Like, these are saying. activities that create dopamine and positive chemicals in my body. I love the chemicals. I love the stimulation that it provides. But I'm not actually chemically addicted. So, because porn creates masturbation and masturbation makes your brain produce a lot of feel-good chemicals, that's a beautiful feedback loop, yeah. right? I don't think you can be addicted even, like chemically addicted to masturbating. And if you were, why are you blaming the visual stimuli? Okay, well then just wank it without the visual stimuli. <laughs> so is porn the addiction? And if you didn't masturbate, would you still be addicted to porn? Do you see how it falls apart quickly? No, I can see, see how that. Yeah, I'm just I'm playing the devil's advocate. No, no, no. Like, I, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Do you see that. how that uh, that I, that term addiction kind of falls apart quickly? <laughs> I appreciate. No, no, no. I I, I like yeah. it. I like it. But there are some people who make the argument that like there's people who chronically watch porn and stopping sure. because they stop porn. Sure, but they can find themselves to be very. It's very hard to stop watching mm-hmm. porn. A lot of people have said that. So yeah. yes, is it a clinical a addiction? Probably not. Go out and have sex with strangers every night and and sex. Right. So, so now you're talking about three separate things. You're talking about porn, you're talking about orgasm, right? Mm-hmm. And you're talking yeah, about yeah. sex. Okay. So, one, they can't really be lumped together. And before this talk about porn addiction, there was some talk about sex addiction, but everybody has sex. Yeah. Right. 
I like to have lots of sex. I, I'm not sure how much sex you would like to have. It's oh, a biological, <laughs> right, but you know what I mean? Like it's a biological urge yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all meant to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all yeah, meant to want sex. Yeah, of course, of course. So wh- who decides how much, how many orgasms is good and how many too orgasms much. is too many? It's an addiction, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Who are you to tell me how many times I can come? <laughs> right. Is yeah. that what they're trying to do? Yeah. And now maybe you're talking about people who are prone to behavioral disorders, like people who might twirl their hair until it falls off. Well, that's a problem. Hair yeah. twirling isn't a problem. Having hair isn't a problem. <laughs> hair twirling until it falls off is a problem right, 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 right. masturbating is a problem porn consumption is a problem sex isn't a problem orgasms aren't a problem if for some reason you had a behavioral disorder where one or more of those things was creating it so you no longer had time to go to work well that's a behavioral disorder that happens to revolve around orgasms and sex but how are we blaming porn or sex or masturbating? It sounds like, again, going back to the Victorian bullshit, like, don't masturbate. You're going to go blind. Like, it sounds like haters trying to control my orgasms using <laughs> like pseudoscience that. and fear. And it's total bullshit. They're just losers that don't get any play. That's why. Mm. Well, the crazy thing is a lot like, I feel like so many people watch porn or, you know, and even the people who try to probably actively ban it, mm-hmm. the same people who make the laws, the who, hypocrisy, yeah, are the ones who probably participate in a lot of this stuff. Right. It's all the people like it. super against gay rights that are like definitely getting their dick sucked in the bathroom. Like uh, every time. Yeah. Like every <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. fucking time true. some politician is out there saying, I hate abortion. One of my friends is like, he hires me as a hooker all the time. Yeah, yeah, He's given yeah. me three abortions. Like it's always those people. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the rules don't apply to me. They apply to everybody else. You know, that's or more of... importantly, the things that I'm personally struggling with are so shameful to me that I'm expressing that shame in this way. Mm, it's yeah. normally it's almost, what it is. Yeah. It's almost a way for them to like convince themselves like, oh, okay, well I know I'm not like, I'm not doing yeah. anything wrong. Of course not. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fighting it against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But deep down, yes. it's, like, it's like you're partaking. Of course. Same very yeah. Yes. So true. Every time someone's like hella like life goal against porn, I'm like, oh, I see you. Yeah, life yeah. goal Let against Let me see your search people. history. Oh, I see you. What's your search oh, history real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a look at that search history. Well, yeah, it's like the most religious states have the craziest search histories. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have true. you never seen like Pornhub's urine review wrap-ups? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, the most searched based oh. on the state mm. yeah yeah let yeah. me tell you utah that is so true for one <laughs> what was in utah which one was utah which one was utah what do they gotta have? go look it up like it's oh always like it's always like the states that are the most like anti-whatever that yeah. are like if you actually look at their search histories it's like, like the it's all they're looking thing, at yeah. it's all they're fucking looking at Day in and day out. <laughs> um, I had one question. In, in in particular, you had said something about you know, porn can actually benefit relationships in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to spicing things up, keeping things interesting. But there's also a lot of people who, probably more women than men, who don't want their significant other to watch porn. So, you know, do, yeah. yeah. So do you feel, and then where they catch their partner watching porn. Sure. They, or they, they consider it cheating. cheating. Uh, sure. 
here, on. dude. Here. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like, is there a way I to mean, kind of bridge that? Every relationship is different. Like, yeah. and everyone gets to make the rules in their own relationship. So if one of the criterion for dating me is that you can never, ever, ever look at a puppy again, and someone's like, well, I guess it's worth dating you. I just will never look at a puppy again. Like, I guess that's your prerogative. Mm. Uh, sounds, sounds like, you know, people who are so concerned about their partner's interactions with other humans sounds like, sounds like a fear of loss. Sounds like a bit of jealousy. Sounds like a bit of insecurity to me. Sounds like you might want to do a little bit of internal thinking about why you're so triggered if i can use the millennial word <laughs> when my partner watches this content like like take a step back like my partner is enjoying a sexual experience and receiving pleasure why am i upset by that yeah it can't oh, it's, well, not feel, it's not the right, porn it's not the porn you know what i mean it's like, got to be something deeper what am i no am i worried that they're not going to like me in bed anymore. Like I'm sure it stems from something very real that you should probably talk to your partner about. Or think you know? of maybe they're looking at some sort of scene and then it's with a woman that looks nothing like me. Sure. Oh, does he like, uh, I don't know, blondes instead? Right. Why so is he maybe always that's... looking for the big titties? I have small titties. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's... maybe that's like a fear of loss, yeah. right? I love my partner so much that I'm concerned that if they watch this content or text that girl or go on this date, that I'm going to lose them. And and I understand that fear of loss is very real, Yeah. but maybe you should build some more trust with your partner. Maybe you should have open dialogues. Maybe you should have some therapy to work on some issues as to why you're not able to give that trust. Maybe this partner isn't right from you because you're not able to trust them in the most profound ways, which is that just looking at someone with big tits isn't going to make them leave you. And if you think just looking at someone with big tits is going to make them leave you, they're probably the wrong partner, at <laughs> yeah, least to be true. monogamous with. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So essentially, the, the problem itself isn't the porn. You know, of course the, not. Why would it be the porn? Yeah. No, if then, anything, then, it's but more like, opportunity. What if you're at a restaurant and like, ooh, did you look at that waitress funny? Or you smiled at her weird? Or you're texting your ex? Or you did a heart emoji to that friend? Are you guys just friends? Like, pure chaos. You guys yeah. need to talk. That's childish. None of these are the issues. Talk none of these are the issues. Grow, grow up. up. At the end of the day, look, I mean, we're adults, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. you, like, you, you with your partner, you find her attractive she's not the only woman you're going to find attractive. There's attractive Obviously. women out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because even with my girlfriend, like we've had conversations all the time. And I remember there was, there was this one time that we, we live on the beach and then there was these uh, group of girls that were tourists and they were coming in here and they were like, hey, do you guys know where we can eat? And then this mm -hmm. girl had huge tits and I was like trying to look away, but at the end of the day, they were right in front of my face. Yeah. And then uh, my girlfriend out there, she's like, oh my God, like these girls, like they were all there. I'm like, yeah, this girl's big ass tits were like all over the place. They're like popping in front of my face. And she's like, you were looking at her tits. And I'm like, yeah. Woman, you're going to tell me you weren't looking at her tits? They were huge. <laughs> of course you were looking at her tits too. Don't look at me. I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm happy with you. I'm here yeah. leaving with you. Yeah. I mean, they're tits. They're there. We have eyes. Yeah. You can see them. Same thing. Yeah. You're going to tell yeah. me that you don't see some a fine ass guy walk by. You're not going to be like, damn, he's pretty handsome. 
I'm not blind to that. Leonardo DiCaprio walks through this door. You're going to be like, oh, shit, it's Leo. What am I going to do? Stop looking at Leo. Fuck out of here. Of course you're going to. I'm going to look at Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, it's it's not reasonable. It's not realistic. And all that does is create lies in a relationship, which is the real breach of trust. That creates an environment where you're unable to be honest because honesty is impossible. And now you have a relationship based on bullshit. Yeah, I think it creates more opportunity for you to get closer to your partner because yeah. I yes. feel like if you're able to talk about that, just imagine of how much you can talk and, and have that freedom of, or better yet, not having the fear of saying anything because you know your partner is always going to be receptive yeah. of whatever it is that you're saying. And whether, I mean, even if it's something that maybe you could say, oh, that's that's wrong. You shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I know my partner. Like, I can say, say whatever I want to her because yeah. she knows me. She knows my character. Yeah, so just that's like you the were saying, beauty of having intimate relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Like porn is not the problem. There's obviously something deeper within the relationship or within the that's person, the character it. of the person. Yeah. That's yeah, creating those I, insecurities. And I think society puts really unrealistic, um, you know, especially like the United States was a bunch of fucking Puritans that came and killed everyone. And then they're like, we're here now. Like, and that's kind of the foundation of our culture, this ridiculous, sexually puritanical society. So a lot of the social norms that were taught from a young age, especially about the purity of women, the importance of monogamy, and all of that stuff are religious values, right? If you look at humans in a real way, in a real historically historical way, that's not how all of our societies run. Like at the end of the day, we're mammals, right? And we're made a certain way. Men have lots of sperm. They like lots of women. It is biologically imperative that a man probably should impregnate multiple women for more shots at more reproduction. Like even though that might not be our culture or our society's way, you don't evolve that quickly. Evolution is a slow process. So as animals, we still are looking at sex as a mandatory thing for the furthering of our species. If we didn't want sex really bad, we wouldn't have more humans on a biological level. So to tell us that the urges that the creator, if you want to say that, whatever, whatever you believe that we were made wrong, we weren't made wrong. We were made perfectly. And we have this beautiful giant brain that can allow us to make choices that are with or against our biology. We could be monogamous. We could be non-monogamous. We can be whatever we want because we have giant brains and amazing willpower. But that doesn't mean the way we are is wrong. Society has made a very narrow window, which we're supposed to walk in. But that's not how all cultures do it. And that's not how all cultures historically did it. So were they bad? Were they immoral? Were tribal people wrong? Absolutely not. They had a different culture and different standards that they made up because they have big brains too. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to kind of follow what you, the life that you want to live, you know, being being with one person for the rest of your life. Cool. Might not be for everybody, you know, and if if that's your thing. If it's not, that's beautiful. Whatever you want is beautiful. It's just kind of a shame how because of societal norms um, that's taken forever to kind of be instilled in us, it almost feels like if we choose to do whatever makes us happy when it's not accepted by society, you almost Mm -hmm. feel like you're doing something wrong. 
And I, 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 I hate that because I feel like we all have our own journeys and our own likes and our own ways of developing the things that we want to become or want, want to do. But yeah. because maybe it doesn't fit with, uh, you know, again, with whatever society yeah. has said for years that that's how it should yeah. be or this is normal being with one person for the rest of your life. Is it supposed yeah. to be that way? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. like how, what it's become. But is yeah. it? You know, so there's a lot of questions, but it's just because of whatever happened yeah. back then, we have to continue living like that. Yeah. And, and you know, the saddest part of it is it doesn't really allow us true freedom of choice because it indoctrinates us with shame around things we shouldn't feel shameful about. What if we felt shameful about the number of hours we slept? What if we felt <laughs> shameful about the fact that we needed food? That could yeah. just as easily be a cultural shame point. It just doesn't happen to be a cultural shame point in our society, but we've decided to shame a natural biological urge to the point that most people that I know can't fully express themselves naturally and sexually without being crippled Mm -hmm. by shame. And that is so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's fucked. And speaking of that, um, what's your take when it comes to relationships? Are you currently seeing somebody Mm -hmm. or... You are. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that because I'm, I almost feel like people would say that's insane. I could never <laughs> imagine someone in the industry like that just being with one person. So how, how yeah, do you, how do you, 10 years. So, oh, wow. so, so talk to us about that. So how did you guys meet and how do you guys make it work? You know, um, I've had lots of different kinds of relationships. I've had polyamorous relationships. I've had monogamous relationships. I've had what I'm currently in now, which is a emotionally monogamous relationship, you know? So I think it just depends what feels right with you and whoever, whatever person or people that you're with, like whatever makes you comfortable and that that could change and should change as your lives go on. I'm not the same me as I was when I was 20 or 30 or 40. And I hope that I'm a whole different me at 50 and 60 and 80. And who knows what kind of relationships I'll want then. I really hope that, you know, as long as things are going well, that my my special partner can be in it for the ride forever. But we're always talking and changing and discovering and trying and reassessing and communicating. And that's the key, just brutal honesty and communication and careful listening and compassion. I love that. And we, you know, we've talked about it so much because it's like the, the person that you are today is not going to be the person you're going to be tomorrow and so Fuck forth no. and so forth. I hope. And so, yeah. <laughs> how, what would life be if, if everything is the same and if you don't evolve? And so Having the mentality of like, yeah, things are going to change. But as long as you're, you're open with me and I'm open with you, that's all you can really ask for of anybody to, you know, yeah. think about yeah. it. If, if I didn't change, I mean, that's like also like frightening. And I don't Sadness. just mean sexually. I mean, like in all ways, I'm always yeah, no, of course. trying to do whatever I feel is the right path for, you know, self-improvement. So I hope that my efforts will elicit vast continual change. That's amazing. Let me ask you, because you've been with somebody for 10 years. Uh, are you guys married? Are you believe in marriage? No, I, I'm not like, uh, I'm not against marriage. Like we own a home together. We're completely financially entwined. So I guess okay. like 
We could There's be. Commitment. I don't know if it's like laziness or yeah, I don't know why yeah. we're not married. We're just not. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> That's but but so earlier you said that you don't have kids. Was it ever something that you wanted that you maybe think no, you wanted? I mean, you know, when I was super young, I was like, oh, I assume I'll have kids. I just don't want them now because I'm super young. And then I'm like, oh, as soon as I want them, I'll have them. And I'm like, well, when am I going to want them? Don't want them yet. Okay. Still don't want them. I just never, and now I'm honestly like too old and I just never got to the point where I'm like, you know what I want to do? Have kids. Like uh, that's just a me thing though. I don't know why it's an excellent question. And I do not know why I never had that. You never had that urge. I didn't. I thought I would, uh, but I, I never was like, I want kids now. (laughs) That is, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's awesome. But I guess I could always still adopt if the urge ever struck. That is true. Because I feel like you're like very like, this is how I feel today. I'm going to do this. If I feel like mm-hmm. this tomorrow, I'll do this. Yeah. Which yeah. is awesome. Um, yeah, you never know. Exactly. You never know. The, the the person that you're currently, you know, together with dating, mm-hmm. or, you know. Uh, see. Is he, yeah, see. Uh, real yeah. partner. Real partner. Yeah. <laughs> is he in the industry? Is he mm-hmm. completely the opposite? How do you guys make it work? Really? Not, not in the industry. Uh, yeah, that's usually what we hear, though. Yeah. That's usually yeah. what we hear, that they're in the industry somehow. Or director. Yeah, or, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's who you – I mean, it's easy to meet people in More your own field also. because you just see them day in and day out. They already – totally understand what they do. They totally understand it's a job. You know, there's less explaining to do once you're already in the trenches for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wait, but you know, 10 years. So then that means that I was you, working as a pornographer before we met. For right. A bit. But just for mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then how, how, how did they take it when you guys, like when you guys met, mm-hmm. how was that conversation and were they receptive or were they like, you know, at first we were just banging, so I don't feel like <laughs> me you being a porn star like, was like, yeah. yeah. Do you know what Look I mean? Like, Look who I'm banging. First you're just fucking and you're having a great time, and then you <laughs> catch feelings and you're still having a great time, and then you're like, fuck, this is serious, and then you start having more conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. So shit hasn't yeah. really changed that much, I'd say. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, <laughs> right? You have a house now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But he he was never like like jealous or maybe a little bit insecure. Oh, we both get jealous and insecure for sure. Like I don't, I'm not immune to jealousy. I'm not immune to insecurity. I hope I keep growing and become more confident and more self assured and less insecure. And I think I have done all those things as my. I'm sure certainly a more confident woman now than I was at 20, and I hope I'm more confident at 80 than I am now. But like. You know, I think just like everyone, if they're having like a special moment with your another person, you're like, but you still like me better, right? But like, <laughs> but I'm still your special because like because I just love him so much that it would break my heart if he left. And so that fear of heartbreak, you know, when other people get close to you, you're just like, but stay with me too, okay? <laughs> is, is he? Is he able, because is, is he, does he also sleep with other women or? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. He's straight. So just women. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, mm-hmm. cause, cause he's not an industry, but you are. So presumably. Right. You have, right. you know, obviously you're still active in the industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, so you guys been together 10 plus years. You mm-hmm. have a house together, no kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um. 
two pets, dog and a cat. I know. Is there is the, is the dog <laughs> we here? The dog yeah, in the background. Right? Oh God, he's freaking out. He hates it when uh, I podcast. I'm so no sorry. Way. He's like no. me, he... me, me, <laughs> he's like, me. Mom, mom, yeah, mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, um, he's like over on his little. Let me see. Let's see. He's staring at me. Where is he? Where is he? Oh, him? there he is! Yeah, he's oh, like what a little cutie. Um, what a little also, He's like, also, did you know dinner's in ten minutes? If you yeah. forgot, he's there, he's like, like yeah. uh, hey, he's what's like... happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, but I wanted to. Do you feel? Because there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, you do the stigma, you do porn or OnlyFans now. You know, a lot of people do OnlyFans. It's like. You do it, you'll you won't find a good you won't find a guy, you'll be lonely. And it's just it's kind of like what we see every day on going in there, you hear yeah. a bunch of fucking guys talk about, oh, you do only fans, you you'll be die yeah, alone. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of shit like that. Ridiculous. So uh spoiler alert, even a lot of the performers who say they're single to get more fans oh. aren't single. A lot of top, top, top performers who say they're single are married. Not just in random relationships, but happily married for decades, some of them. A lot of the single pornographers, of course there are single pornographers. I'm not saying there aren't. Of course there are. Um, But I think there are a lot less single pornographers than everyone thinks because, of course, it's a a shtick, right? I'm sexually available and a lot of people don't understand non-monogamy or polyamory. So to really sell the fact that I'm sell, because it's a sale, mm-hmm. to sell the fact that I'm sexually available, I'm going to sell the fact that I'm single. And some people's brands is, oh, woe is me single. I want white knights. Some people's <laughs> brands is you can't keep me down single. I'm a whore. So there's all kinds of brands that people use wrapped around being single. But there are very few of us who admit that we have partners because it's bad for business. The reason I admit I have a partner is because, again, as part of my advocacy, I'm trying to humanize us. And it's part of my humanization efforts, to be honest about it. And I totally understand why a lot of men and women and non-binary people are not honest about it. Because first and foremost, they're businesses. It's not even their real goddamn name. Why should they tell you their real life, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah, I see it more of yeah, it, it, just to protect um privacy. Also, their privacy yes. and protect their partner, but yes. also to not have to deal with the almost like the the people lashing back of yeah. oh who are they how could they do that um that, that's True. ridiculous yeah. like oh then all these other questions that it's just like it ain't even your business boy it's not like, even so, your don't business don't even worry about it so that's it's almost right. like why even bring it up I, I like that it's, also, it's yeah, simpler to say that you're single that's for sure. There you go. Yeah. When when you a lot of people will make like the the argument against doing porn and doing OnlyFans at this point mm-hmm. is that later on in life you're gonna regret it. You know, like oh, is this really worth it? I saw a clip that it was something, and I was like, oh, you're young now, but what about in twenty oh, years? Oh yeah, the Piers Morgan yeah, yeah, yeah. and OnlyFans model and, saying like, oh, your children in like the next uh, I don't know how many years that like, they're gonna look back because I think she used to be an attorney. Or okay. something like that and then she said oh well, well i quit i was making so much more money in a day doing only fans than yeah. i would and i'm i'm the top 0.01 percent sure. of creators okay. on only fans yeah. and then he's like oh well, what about your children the future all this stuff and he goes well they can cry well, in, a, in a ferrari yeah that's right. her they response. can cry into their trust fund like that doesn't even <laughs> that doesn't really make sense and it's not just about the money like 
why why would you be ashamed and why would you raise if i had children i would try and raise them without the level of sexual shame that a lot of people face mm. you know, buddy buddy it's okay sorry my talk is freaking oh, out. Yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. um yeah so that's I guess someone could regret any job, like regret being a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or a spelunker or whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> but I think most of the regret wouldn't come from the person who did it. It would come from the fact that there's still such a huge societal stigma that that person might be tired of being shit on by society. That can get exhausting. I will admit yeah. that. The social stigma creates issues that we shouldn't have to deal with, but that's society's fault. Granted, we do have to deal with it. So maybe they're speaking of the fact that people are so intolerant that it becomes challenging to live in an intolerant society. But like, what if the first gay rights advocates never were proud and gay? What if the first sex worker advocates were never out and proud? What if the first, do you know what I mean? Like, is that a reason to not do what you love? I mean, yes, you might have a harder path ahead of you, but as you've seen, even in the past like 10 years, the stigma is changing and it's because, you know, you have mainstream artists singing about OnlyFans in their songs. You have all this wonderful stuff. So the more that we do it and the more the societal stigma changes, the less idiots will have to say stuff like that to try and shame women out of doing jobs we love, (laughs) you know? I think I think also you're a perfect example because you've been in the industry for a while, but you have so much going on with the writing and and you're still very much in the picture, you're doing documentaries and all that stuff like that. You're so much more involved now than maybe you were even when you first started. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, it's all what you make it. And if that's what you want to do, you know, listen, you, know, you, you could get backlash for anything. Yeah. And so I, I, I suppose, you know, if that's really what you want to do, you have to. But that is that is still a good and valid point, though, because of the societal stigma, whether it should or shouldn't exist, doesn't matter. It does exist. Right. And because it does exist, doing this job makes some things harder for you. So you have to be aware of that. Right. Be able to emotionally accept that in order to be okay at this job. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, because I feel like, I mean you have a lot of experience when it comes to doing this and you've, you've been able to navigate through it in a way for you to be successful, Mm -hmm. but still have the security and the confidence in yourself to be who you are. Or Mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like maybe others who go in, they're not really understanding what, what, what it entails Mm -hmm. to be in here. I guess in this situation, in the industry, they probably get, you know, chewed up and spit out because they're like, whoa, like this probably isn't what I expected. I think a lot of women specifically have been told falsely their whole lives that their pussies are incredibly valuable, right? Mm. (laughs) Um, No, I'm just being blunt. Like I'm not saying pussies are or aren't valuable, but just the presence of a vagina. If only they were to put it online, they would surely make a million dollars. And that's not true. Like I work Mm. 80 hours a week. It's not about shooting porn or creating erotic content. That's simple. It's about managing a business and building a brand, and that's challenging. So I think a lot of people who have been fed lies their whole life go into sex work thinking it's going to be some easy job, like take a titty pick and make a million dollars. And then they realize it's an incredibly competitive market and that only the hardest working 
smartest people are going to be very successful at it. And then they've done a job that has a huge societal repercussion where it will be harder to get other jobs afterwards. There are no take backs. You're completely online. You've made no money. 99.99999% of people who post nudity on the internet will not make any kind of money to speak of. And you're going to be shit on your whole life by society for it. And that sucks. That uh, sucks yeah. bad. Yeah, it's not throat. right the society shits on you. Like sure. you should be allowed to be a waitress, decide you don't like waitressing, quit in a week, and still get another job. That's not the case with porn. You go and suck a dick online, there's going to be things you can't do forever. That's crazy. Just because you suck the dick online. Yeah. Well, unless you're Kim Kardashian, then you oh. build like right, a multi-billion listen, dollar empire. But, but listen, Kim's tape was leaked. Yeah. Oh. That, yeah, so I, I heard about that her too. fault. Right. So societally, she can create a porn, monetize the porn, monetize being a porn star, monetize being a sex symbol, and get every of the benefits that we get as pornographers with none of the societal repercussions. lash repercussions yeah. because it wasn't her fault. She didn't know it was going to be online. It was leaked and all of that stuff. Yeah, so that is now I'm going to say a separate sentence because I don't <laughs> like getting sued. Um, on a total side note, <laughs> did you know that when you post porn online, you need lots of paperwork in order to keep it online? You need lots of paperwork, like identification, signed forms, 2257s, etc. Otherwise, it doesn't end up online. Those two comments aren't connected. I just thought you might be interested in some of the paperwork processing that we do to put porn online. <laughs> Thank you. I really did need to know that information. Yeah. Thank you for You're sharing welcome. that with the audience. You're welcome. <laughs> Very <laughs> Kind of link those together. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, no, I mean, I, I I really appreciate you coming on and and your insight and your, obviously your expertise and you know we we focus on relationships, but obviously, uh, as porn is a part of every relationship or not every relationship, but Sex. a lot of people's relationships. I think Sex, it's yeah. There you go. That is part of everybody's relationship. Go. Maybe porn should be a part of everyone's relationship. Yeah. Especially if you hit like a, you know, a little bit of a wall and you want to venture out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. It's such a safe to... way to experiment without the worry about fluid exchange, without <laughs> the worry about like whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like you can't get True. STIs from watching porn. You're not going to have to like, you know, put yourself in any risky situations. This is such a safe and beautiful way to explore your sexuality. For sure. And if you're scared, you can just turn off your TV. <laughs> Yeah, you you're, like, like, oh, yeah, you're oh, like too much. Overwhelmed. Well. Like... <laughs> 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 oh, oh man. Well, I think um <laughs> anything else? I think we covered pretty much everything that I had on on the Well, I I did have one yeah. question. Yeah. Um if you can have any piece of advice for anyone who's thinking about getting into the industry, mm -hmm. what would that be? Uh, if you're interested in getting into the porn industry, because of the societal repercussions I already talked about, go in treating it like a full-time job, not a lark, not, you know, a side hustle, really invest your time and energy in making yourself successful. 
because it is really hard to go back, especially if you're female or female presenting, you know, uh, there are a lot of job opportunities that you won't be able to have after you've put that first piece of nudity or pornographic content online. So be really mindful of that and really take some time to think about, is this a long-term career that I'm really passionate about? Because if the answer is unsure or I don't know, or I'm not sure I can tell my family, it's, it's really not for you. Everyone you know, everyone you've ever known will find out. There will be repercussions and you're going to have to work as hard as any small independent business owner. So be prepared for all of that effort. And if you're still saying, fuck yes, then go for it. Fuck yes. <laughs> I like that. Do you feel like you can do, you can make a, a good living without, let's say if you just do OnlyFans, do you, do yes. you have to do the porn or no. well, I mean now we're OnlyFans is no OnlyFans isn't porn, but most yeah. people put porn on OnlyFans. So right. do you, I guess the question is, do you have to shoot for other people to make a living as, as a porn star? And the answer is absolutely not. Some of the richest women I know who sell porn on OnlyFans have never shot with a mainstream company or performer. Mm -hmm. They're Twitch streamers and YouTubers who have huge platforms to drive traffic. Yeah. And they're selling, you know, titty and ass pictures and making five hundred thousand dollars a month, easy peasy, you know. I guess it's all like because you then at that point you, you're your own brand, and you have to exactly. market yourself. Well, you have to way. be your own brand. Yeah, you have yeah. to be. Yeah, and I think um with the power of OnlyFans, I think it's also given um uh creators more control because we had been mm -hmm. talking a little bit earlier about mm -hmm. you know the tube sites and stuff like that where you you kind of rely on that form of traffic. Mm -hmm. But if, when when you're able to kind of create your own brand and and kind of put yourself out there, you almost like you're driving your own traffic to yourself and it's only well, yeah, the you. advent of social media changed the game, right? If you own yeah. eyeballs on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch and Reddit and TikTok and, and YouTube and all of those places, you can direct those eyeballs anywhere you want. You can direct them to purchase titty pictures. You can direct them to purchase candles or coffee or whatever you want them to purchase. Eyeballs are the commodity. So it, where there is social media, there is eyeballs that like you and they'll purchase anything that they find interesting. So whether you want to start an OnlyFans or a candle company, what you need is a large amount of people that you have the availability to say, hey, buy this, wherever that is. True, 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 yeah. Yeah, because a lot of times we, we've had people that we had on and it's like, if if really there's a lot of way to make money, good money on OnlyFans is if you have to have you know, really big following on maybe other yeah. social media there, platforms. There is no traffic or finding page on OnlyFans. There's no, you can't scroll through models to see what you like on mm, OnlyFans. Yeah. The mm. only way that you can find anyone's OnlyFans is if they sent you there or they like Googled they, you and you're, you know, you have good SEO or, and Google yeah. sent you there or whatever, you know. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, anything else? Um, anything else? Yes, one last thing. Uh, before uh, you got into the industry, I guess if we were to look back at everything that you've gone through and, and of where you've gone today, did you ever imagine that you would be like as big as you are today? No way. Right? Like, no fucking way. Like, it's, it, <laughs> I have to pinch myself all the time. I can't believe. I mean, I, in the beginning, I was surprised anyone like... I'm not saying I didn't think I was an attractive person, but like, 
it's crazy where I've gotten with this. I'm not saying I haven't worked really, really hard. I continue to work really, really hard and all of that. But like, I do feel like I'm in a really blessed position in the industry. And yeah, I love all my fans for it. I'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, I would have never been like, (laughs) I think in 10 years, I'm going to be like at the top of the MILF game. Like, what? <laughs> what a miracle. Yeah. Right, right. Do you, is, is there something that you can pinpoint that's particularly that you implemented throughout the years that kind of set you apart from everybody else? Or what was that? And, and also, when was that moment yeah. that, you, that you knew that you're like, I'm the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a badass bitch. <laughs> you know, I never blew up. Like a lot of the other stars, you either like blow up or you don't. Like you're famous almost immediately or you aren't. And I was just, it's so boring, but I'm super reliable, super professional, super consistent. If I start a site and I say I'm going to upload 12 scenes a month or a live show every day or whatever it is I say I'm going to provide you, I provide it full stop. And that's not the case with most other adult performers. They're hit or miss. You know, imagine if Netflix, this is what I'll say to everyone who kind of wants an OnlyFans. It doesn't matter what promises you make, but decide on promises you can keep. Because if your Netflix just intermittently went dead when Netflix was having a bad day, like I hate to say it, but my fans, they care. But like at the end of the day, they want their content. Like you need to be a business. I recognize that you're human. I recognize that things get in the way, but you need to run your pornographic business in a way that is truly sustainable for you. And you have to meet your promises, not some of the time, not most of the time, but all of the time, because over time, that consistency and that professionalism will get you where you want to be. I love that. Yeah, you're very like I can see the professionalism, eloquent, like you're on your shit. Yeah, you're like you know your shit. You're just not like a some girl who's just posting stuff out there and being like, oh my god, I think I'm so pretty, and I'm like, no, like you know your shit. Like you're legit. Well, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of gorgeous women out there. That that's not something anyone can compete with. No one's playing the I'm the prettiest prize. Like, do you know what I mean? That's not what pornography is about. Like there's room for every look, every True, body yeah. type, every 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 visual representation of human you can find is money making. It's not looks at all. Well, in fact, we had um Emma Rose here uh the mm-hmm. other day and and we we're talking about how the 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 category of uh transsexual was mm-hmm. like it, it climbed yeah, it went yeah. up like I don't know how much percentage and it was like the top five cert search John can you hear me? I can hear yeah. you. You can still yeah. hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear my, my headphones. But it was like the top five like search genres that it, it, it blew up. So just yeah. like you said, like there's literally something out there for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, yeah. A huge market. It's worldwide now. You, you honestly, like, um, I, I don't know how many people you would need to pay you $20 a month before you'd be happy, but it's not that many if you think of the worldwide population. (laughs) Like if you only need a few thousand people to make a very tidy life for yourself, what you really need is marketing, right? Yeah, You need those people to find you. Right. For sure, for sure. Is the most of your fans, are they domestic in the US? Do you have people from all over? All over. Have you ever? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah dude, you're talking to freaking Center First Rodeos, you know? International. Come on, dude. International. Sheree, how how much longer do you do you see yourself doing this for? 
Do you until have like I get bored? Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 I even ask myself that question. I'm like, for me, because it is such an intimate job where you give so much, the answer has to be as long as I want to, as yeah. long as I'm passionate, as long as I'm joyful, as long as I'm happy. Yeah. Because I think the moment that goes away as an artistic creator, your fans will see it. Mm. I think you're done at that point. Right. Even if you didn't want to be done. Yeah, I can see that because it it does it's, it's work, you know. It's it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a career. It's something you have to mm-hmm. go into, and it's you have to prep, I guess. Right? You have to. It yeah, gets, yeah. It's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's gonna be a day at some point, uh, hopefully in the far 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 future, where you have uh, say. Yeah, I, I hope I I'm out there anymore. doing nursing home gangbangs on my walker. Like I I want that for me. <laughs> I want to just be like Sharice here, boys. Like I want that for me. <laughs> Love it, yeah. So spe- speaking of, of of that, um, is there any particular um sort of scene or type of porn that you like to perform in that you prefer that you're like, oh, these are so much fun? I don't know if there's any category as much as there is like I love performing with people that I like have really good energy with. Mm, like okay. if I'm like having a good time with someone. Our scene is going to be so next level. I don't care what dumb script it is. You know what I mean? Like we can pretend to be a postman and the housewife next door. It's not even about like the, the role play for me anymore. It's about like the chemistry and the energy. And like, if I give you this, you make it like, I want, you know, I want someone that's in there with me. (laughs) Do you get, do you get choice? Do you ever get to pick or does that just really? When you first start your career, all you really get is like a no list. Like you get to list the people. Oh, sorry, my dog. You only get to list the people that you don't want to work with, you know, and that list grows over time. Um, But for your own content, of course, you only hire people that you but like enough to pay course, yeah, right? yeah. like and then uh <laughs> once you get bigger in your career um you just have a yes list you're like these are the people i'm into and that list grows and that's the all interest that matters interesting right, I guess. yeah jesus mm-hmm. okay, that's so sick so to start wrapping things up um i would like to say first what's next for you what do you what do you have in the works um well it hasn't, it's in editing, so I'm not going to say too much, okay, but okay. my really, really good friend, Sylvia Sage and I just uh, filmed the first four episodes of this ridiculous game show. Oh my God. Oh God, it sounds I, like so much fun. I can already I imagine. Can't, I, can't I can already imagine. I can say more about it, but I'll definitely got, send you guys some stuff. It's so fucking funny it's safe for work and not safe for work because we have cameras in all the right places but it's it's so silly i'm so excited for everyone to see it is this something for this year or oh yeah i imagine within two months we'll have it launched maybe even a month if things get feisty and quick yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, please send it to us please please (laughs) the fun i I mean it makes me it's so funny i love it so much (laughs) Are you and you are out in LA? Is this, is this yeah, where you yeah, see yourself LA. for the foreseeable future? Is... I love. I mean, not everyone. Everyone has throws so much shade at LA, but I, I yeah, yeah. love. Like... like ever since I moved here, I was like, oh my god, this is like where I'm meant to be. I love yeah. it. I love my friends here. I love the weather. I love. There's so much stuff to do. Like, yes, the traffic sucks, but like, I grew up in DC. My driver's <laughs> ed teacher when I was 15 took me on the Beltway and fell asleep. So like. I'm okay with traffic. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I think LA has got nothing on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, we're so happy for you and all the like endeavors that you're doing mm-hmm. and what you sounds like you're doing. You're on a roll. So kudos to you. I'm workaholic. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you work a lot. Thanks for squeezing us in. You know. Oh no, it's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe final thoughts. Yes. Yeah. So Cherie, we always like to end the episode with um, just giving a final thoughts and that could be anything you'd like to say to your younger self, anything kind of to the audience that you'd like to educate or just a message that's very important to you that you just wish to share with the world. Um, After that, you can sell yourself where where they can find you and all that good stuff. So the stage is yours. Yeah. So I think just based on this episode, my final thoughts will be to try and get out of your own way with your sexual exploration. If you feel that shame boiling up, instead of letting it control you, try and have a little conversation with that part of yourself and see if you can't get past it so you can bring yourself more pleasure. Because life is really, really good the more pleasure that's in it. Like that a, was nice, Caleb. Yeah. That was really nice. <laughs> so now, um, so go ahead and tell yourself where they can find you and all that good stuff. Uh, so many places: Instagram, ShreeDevelleXO, <laughs> yeah. TikTok, quick Google search. If you just like, Google just it, Google, honestly, yeah. that's what I usually say at the end. Yeah. I'm like, Google me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all you need is a first name. And I'm it. everywhere. I'm all yeah. over the interwebs. You'll find me. <laughs> Sherry, it's been an honor having you. We're Thank so you grateful. so much. Thank it's you so much. It's time for your little puppers to eat. I think I he's, uh, he's he... losing his mind. Exactly. It's like we one minute. Hey, we're like... on your side, brother. Yeah. We're on your side. <laughs> Sherry, thank you so much. You, you enjoy the rest of your evening. Your evening. I will. Thank Have you so one. much. You Until too. Next time. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>